Hello, I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. But first, let's catch up with some of the day's top headlines. Early this morning, the European Union agreed to a nearly $900 billion relief package. The continent is facing its worst economic crisis since World War II. After another day of protests in Portland, federal officers continued to clash with demonstrators overnight. President Trump says he's sending more agents to Chicago and that New York and Philadelphia could be next. And the FBI identified a suspect they believe is the gunman who attacked the family of federal judge Esther Salas on Sunday night. The suspect, who appeared to have taken his own life, was an attorney who had appeared before the judge once before. start today with the race to develop a coronavirus vaccine. An Oxford University team of researchers published a peer-reviewed report in a medical journal called The Lancet that shows their experimental vaccine prompted a strong immune response in volunteers. And this is more good news. Last week, U.S.-based pharmaceutical company Moderna published similar findings about its vaccine, although it is still too early to know how effective these vaccines are. Bloomberg Business Week has an in-depth look at the team behind Oxford's vaccine, and it introduces us to a scientist whose research may change the world. Her name is Sarah Gilbert, and she's been working on vaccines for over two decades. She's doing in months what most scientists expect to do in years. In January, the Chinese government published the coronavirus genome. By April, Gilbert had started a vaccine trial with more than 1,000 people. Including her own kids. Yes. Gilbert had triplets 21 years ago. They're young adults now. They are all studying biochemistry, and they're all a part of their mom's vaccine trial. Now, Gilbert has been training for this moment since 2014. That's when the Oxford team led the first trial of an Ebola vaccine. But back then, she was a little bit too late. That virus came and went before her vaccine completed its trials. This time, she's prepared to move faster. Instead of working on the coronavirus vaccine, step by step, they're doing several steps at the same time. They're injecting mice, they're preparing for human trials, they're connecting with manufacturers all simultaneously. And now her work is leading the way. Bloomberg mentions how one member of parliament was so amazed by her progress that he says it's as if Gilbert went into a shed and came out with a jet engine. School's going to be different in the fall. Some districts may not open, others may have hybrid schedules, and many parents are afraid sending their kids to school could expose them to the coronavirus, which is why some families in the U.S. who can afford to are planning to hire professional instructors. Hmm. We're talking about small groups of families coming together to create pandemic pods to share the cost of instruction for part or all of the school day. Now, this trend is being called micro-schooling. And some people worry it could make educational inequality in this country even worse. The Washington Post interviewed one parent who says her family will be paying at least $500 a month for a shared teacher with a few other families. So that's one model. Some parents are offering to hire public and private school teachers for the year. And according to one education consultant, some teachers could offer their services for as much as $100,000 a year for home tutoring. While some families who have the money to hire private instructors may do so, that's an expense not all families can afford. The Washington Post spoke with a professor of education sociology at NYU named 
R. LaRue Lewis McCoy, and he describes what these families are doing as opportunity hoarding. Hmm. He wants privileged parents to pool their resources and work with schools to look for solutions that reach more children. Do you ever feel that if you speak up, whether your political views slant left or right, that people are going to put you in a box? Either you say nothing or be willing to be labeled stamped. That's why the rapper and activist Killer Mike is such an interesting person to get to know right now. And you learn a lot about him in a new profile in GQ. Earlier this year, after the killing of George Floyd, he connected with many Americans during an improvised speech in Atlanta on live TV. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. Killer Mike didn't think he'd be standing in front of reporters that day, next to the mayor and the police chief of Atlanta, but he just couldn't stay silent anymore. Well, we use this as a moment to say that we will not do what other cities have done, and in fact, we will get better than we've been. When the writer of this profile, Donovan X. Ramsey, first meets Killer Mike, it's like a scene out of a reality TV show. The rapper's phone keeps ringing, a friend from prison calls to say hi, somebody else asks him a question about voting, Mm -hmm. an NBA star wants to talk politics, his daughter needs some money, by the way, he says she'll only get it if she works at his barber shop. Right. Now, from this profile, you get the sense that Killer Mike is everyone's first phone call. He's many things to many people. Yeah, the thing with Killer Mike is... He's many things politically, too. He just refuses to play into traditional political narratives. He has got a closet full of guns, we learn. He describes himself as a compassionate capitalist. He was a Bernie Sanders surrogate in 2015. It's clear that he has one North Star, and that is doing right by the people in his community. And finally, as he fights stage four pancreatic cancer, Jeopardy host Alex Trebek is out today with a memoir about his incredible career as one of America's most beloved game show hosts. In an interview with the LA Times, he talks about his 36 years of hosting Jeopardy, how he's a strict rule follower, and he's someone who's obsessed with routine. He says the book isn't a perfect chronology of his life, but it hits on the highlights, including his early career and stories about some of his favorite contestants. And because he wasn't sure he'd be able to voice the audiobook, he asked Ken Jennings to step in. Jennings, by the way, won 74 consecutive games and says he was honored. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're there, check out our latest feature, Audio Stories. You can hear GQ's profile of Killer Mike and Bloomberg Businessweek's reporting on the Oxford vaccine, narrated by professional voice actors. They're available to News Plus subscribers in our new audio tab. Because great journalism deserves to be seen and heard. Join us again tomorrow.